Happy Rona days. Oh, is that how we're greeting you? Is that a new holiday now? Well, I just always greet you with hola and wanted to change it up today. Uh-huh. So are we exchanging the traditional Rona presents, such as masks and rubber gloves? And endless puzzles to do while you're stuck at home? Don't forget the uh, the very, very heavy traditional book of conspiracy theories. Ooh, yes. I like that one. Thank you. Uh, and then like Seems the stocking fitting. stuffers or rubber gloves stuffers of hand sanitizers and right. uh, ramen noodle packets, you know, easy at home meals. You know, honestly, though, I don't think that the hand sanitizer would be a stocking stuffer. That's like the main gift. That stuff's <laughs> at a premium right now. It's expensive. It's expensive I know this stuff. is a this is a fake holiday we, we made up, but I now want to exchange Rona gifts. <laughs> want to exchange Rona gifts? Happy Rona days. This is our version of Festivus for the rest of us. <laughs> I want to do that, too. But yeah, sure. Sure. Instead of airing our grievances, we just air. I just don't know, stay six feet away from each air, other and right. air clean air. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Walk around with air purifiers and say, get the hell away from me. <laughs> I mean, that's what I do normally. But oh, I know this is a holiday. holiday made for you. <laughs> I'm in. I mean, if we can cash in on it somehow. Not yeah. sure how. Um, but uh, Cool. All right. Well, I'm glad we decided that in the first two minutes of the podcast, we created a new holiday. Now all we need is a religion to match mm. and we'll be good to go. OK, Basically Ron L. Hubbarding the situation. <laughs> Listeners may not know this. I think we've mentioned this on at least one um, podcast in the past. But me and Stephen have often when we got fed up with society or were really annoyed about something happening, just texted each other. Time to start the commune. <laughs> oh, it's an ongoing process. It's very involved and it's well developed. It's so elaborate. <laughs> All we need, be. honestly, the entire thing is fully fleshed out. We're just looking for backers at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you so know, uh, if you're back. interested, you can reach us at bookreport at gmail or thebookreportpod at gmail.com, and we will take uh, any kind of investors and we'll give you the full pitch. You just reach out to us. Actually, that's not true. We'll give you one-tenth of the pitch. If you want to move up to two-tenths of the pitch, that will require an additional love offering. Yeah, you actually and, have and, to make a donation uh, to get the full story. You do. It's not our rules. It's the rules of the group. It's for the greater good of the I society. I can give you a tantalizing and very confusing hint, however, and say that that is tantalizing and confusing and say that I had nothing to do with the Zuber robbery that made a red panda go missing in San Diego. What? <laughs> it's just a tease. You don't have to go into any more for that. But um, That wasn't a damn tease. That was a non sequitur. Okay. Remember, part of our money-making scheme for this uh, commune is that we were going to breed red pandas and sell them. Were we? Well, I don't remember that, but I'm glad that's part of it, I guess. That was definitely part of it. It got heightened by Tiger King. Well, here's the deal. Luckily, if we can't sell them, I have always wanted to try panda. Not red panda, for the record. Actual yeah. panda. Because it's an endangered species, and they're lazy as hell, so I bet that meat would be tender. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yep, the title of this episode is Panda Meat. Um... <laughs> oh, why not? Why not? Uh, welcome, welcome to the book report, you guys. <laughs> the nickname for panda in China is literally national treasure. So, oh. you know, I'm gonna eat China's national treasure. <laughs>
this is the book report. You know what? That's our intro. Um, intro music. All of that. We're not doing <laughs> more complicated intro. Oh that was perfect. <laughs> oh my god. Well, great. Oh. So uh, uh, yes. I needed to laugh today. Today's been a weird day. Um, how are you doing? Oh, I'm fine. Just salivating at the idea of panda meat. <laughs> Who is it? Baked. Yeah. Like, here's the thing. Does it is it like um in cartoons where meat looks like the animal? So would the meat be black and white black marbled white meat? Marbled, yeah. very marbled. Yeah. Uh, yeah, marbled black and white meat. Because that'd be kind of cool, right? Do people eat any other bears? I'm sure somebody has. Uh, yeah, they do. Because I know you're not supposed to eat the liver of I think it's a um polar bear because it has so much vitamin A it'll kill you. <laughs> what? But you can eat the rest of it. Yeah. This has been Weird Facts with Steven. Sorry, I just got a work text, and I'm pissed off. Well, that was fast. Uh, oh, all shit. The, what? Is it oh. someone who pissed you off? No. Well, yes and no. All the interim studies just got approved, and one of the ones that are approved is the pro-conversion therapy study. Good. That's exciting. Yeah. So anyways, if there is a specific person that you do not like, here's what you're going to do, okay? You ready? Okay. All right. You're going to invite them over to your house. Mm-hmm. Okay. You are going to sit them down for a delicious home-cooked meal. Okay. All right. This meal, the main course, is going to be a delicacy, and you are going to brand it as such. All right. The delicacy is going to be polar bear liver. Here's why. I just looked up exactly what happens. So ingesting a polar bear liver will cause vitamin A poisoning, which results in, drumroll please, vomiting, hair loss, bone damage, and death. I'm on board. Right. That's in Polar bear poisoning. Mm -hmm. So we're getting panda meat and polar bear poisoning out of the way early on this podcast. Who knows what we have in store for the rest of the episode. Yeah, I mean, we've got a lot of good good titles just flying in the air mm-hmm. right now. Polar bear poisoning, panda meat, I don't know, eating China's treasure, which honestly sounds a little gross. Like, it sounds like yeah. there's a stripper involved. And it sounds I'm very much like a sexual position or something yeah. that I'm not about. Yeah. Right. So there are some, some issues involved with that. But books, <laughs> am I right? Books! But books. All right. Books, well, books, 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 books. As we said last week, we're going to try to close out the rest of the season with doing some recommendations and maybe some deep dives into some mutual reads uh, before we don't really have a – do we have a finale idea yet? I don't think we do. We need to come up with one. Um, but also – and this part I might cut out, but we have an I have an idea for next season. Um, uh, I think next season – you know how last season we ended doing uh, – Lightbringer recaps at the end of every episode, and this season we're trying to do the Broken Earth um, uh, recaps at the end of each episode. Um, I think next season we should try to do a book or a book series that neither of us have read. And if it sucks, we can abandon it, but we should just like do like a book club at the end of each episode that we've read together. Honestly, I think I would enjoy it if it sucked, because then we could just rant about how stupid it is. So okay. here's hoping. Yeah. All right, well, we'll have to do some research or um, 
listeners, suggest us some series or something that, you know, isn't super long, but we could get into and read next season. I can't wait. I'm so excited. Right. All right. Well, um, I have a fiction book. Do you have a fiction book this week, too? I do have a fiction book. Okay. What is the first letter of your book? H. I have to go first again. Mine's I know. F. I know. You're doing I this on purpose. This. Yes, actually. <laughs> we never yeah. discussed these beforehand, but I'm clearly doing this on purpose. Obviously. I don't know how, <laughs> but you're somehow cheating. Uh, it's very easy, you dumb dumb. I only pick books in the second half of the alphabet. Oh, see, I never think about that when I'm reading a book. That's but actually now I'm going to only make these decisions based on these old books. It's complicated. All right, so go for it. Okay, so my book is called Forging Hephaestus by Drew Hayes. Is that how you, is that how you pronounce it? Hephaestus? It be Hephaestus? Hephaestus? It does have the Hef- A-E, Hephaestus. which I'm pretty sure in like old Greek were like combined into one weird letter. I don't know how to pronounce things. Well, I'm going to use my computer to figure it out. You ready for this? I'm ready. Are you going to make it talk to me? I'm going to try, damn it. Damn it. Did you hear that? Ah, yeah. Ah, Festus. You're correct. Nope, it's Hephaestus. Okay, you bastard. See, he didn't really pronounce the H, your computer. Didn't he, it? No, he did. He did it really slowly because he's pronouncing it like you're a moron. He oh, went, okay. Hephaestus. Gotcha. It was great. Oh, well, non sequitur. I'm sorry. Have you seen the old uh, disabled man uh, skit? No. Oh, okay. We have stuff to talk about later. Anyways, Forging <laughs> Hephaestus. Tell me about yeah. it. Forging Hephaestus by um, Drew Hayes. So this book is, uh, I was recommended it by several people and then it was like on sale on Audible. So I just downloaded it and started listening to it and then was annoyed by the narrator for the first couple chapters, but was so like, uh, like compelled by the main character that I then also got it on Kindle and continued reading the book. Um, because this story or this book has no reason to be as compelling as it is. And that's kind of why I wanted to talk about it. Cause I wanted to remember, like I wanted to work it out as to why I love this book so much. Okay. Um, it is about, it's set in a universe. That's a lot like the Amazon TV show, the boys or the DC or Marvel universe, where superheroes are just a real fact of life. Lots of people have superpowers. It's a thing that you have to deal with. Um, there are corporate entities that represent the superheroes and the villains. Like, it's just a real part of everyday existence. Um, cool. Yeah, and so this girl, Tori Rivas, uh, has, like, fire manipulation powers, but she's mostly, like, an engineer and a hacker. And she is trying to break into this high-security um software company and steal some stuff because she's kind of a hacker person um and she doesn't realize she's actually breaking into the villains guild like headquarters and like the cia and nsa has done in the past instead of you know killing her they when they find out she's gotten all the way into the vault they're like that's impressive and they hire her and she's taken on as an apprentice by the now retired most powerful, terrifying villain that's ever existed. And the rest of the book becomes like a uh, like a training story of her learning how the Villains Guild works and creating her cover identity and 
creating her super villain identity and learning the the rules and how the world actually works behind the scenes because all she's known is the supervillains and heroes duking it out on the news. Sure. Um, and so it becomes kind of a um, kind of like a. So high this school. is like a an exploration of the other side of the coin in yes. superhero superhero villain dynamics. Yes, but the That's villains. Cool. These villains aren't. Most of them aren't the. Um, I'm going to kill your friends and family. I'm going to kidnap and torture people. Crazy, violent villains. They're the. We have superpowers. We don't need to listen to laws that say I can't break into this diamond store and steal all of the diamonds. Like, what are they going to do to me? Yeah. So they're not. Yeah. So they have rules about how they can interact. It's the villain's code, which is actually what this uh, book is named after. It's called um, Villain's Code Book One. So assuming there's going to be sequels to that, there's not anything yet. But um, that's what the whole story is named after. It's the Villain's Code. And as I said, like the story is she is such a compelling character because she's just very realistic. Um, she's not uh, this uh, overpowered main character that I felt like it was going to be going into this, which is so much often the case in superhero stories. She's not uh, a good person. She's not really a bad person. She's just doing the best she can with what's going on. Um, and then the story itself builds into this. Uh, it starts out as, you know, like a training, like a book long training montage kind of where she's going through these trials that, you know, if she succeeds, she's going to be accepted into the villains guild. If she fails, she knows too much and they're going to have to kill her. Um, Sweet. And so there's a p- couple other like younger and they're like 20 somethings. They're not like teenagers, but younger people who have just gotten meta abilities that are being trained on the same uh, aspect and they're competing against one another. And then you meet some uh, heroes that are also training to become heroes, but they're much more public faced because they're the good guys. So everyone knows them. And so nothing they're doing is in secret. And you just get to see all the inner workings of this world and how complex and interesting it is. And you have like superhero battles going on in the background. Um, And of course there's, you know, conspiracies and there's violent exchanges and there's, you know, traditional superhero fight stuff that happens over the course of the book. I don't want to spoil it, but it feels a lot like somebody took the boys or there's a comic book series um, called top 10 um or and this is a good segue to uh something i did last week you know remember the movie sky high i do how could i not okay uh well my oh fun uh segue my parents actually got mad at me when i was a kid for renting sky high from the local video store because they didn't know what it was about (laughs) <laughs> and they thought it was about like drug teenagers movie. getting high. Yeah, they thought it was a drug movie, like Pineapple Express or something. So that was funny. Uh, yeah, anyway. Sky High is great. And I was just on um, Friend of the Podcast, uh, um, Princess and the Podcast, which is another podcast I, uh, I've been a guest on before. I was just on their latest episode talking about Sky High because that book ties into this one. Because it's the same idea of how would high school work with superpowers? And this is just like how would corporate America work with superpowers? Um, so it takes that idea and unlike the boys where it gets really, really dark with it and unlike Sky High where it gets really, really cheesy with it, this just stays super realistic. 
and middle of the road. There are some really dark moments. There are some really cheesy moments, but it never gets as brutal or as over-the-top cringe as either of those two sources. So it's really right. fun to read. Okay, cool. How similar is this book? And you may not have read them, but um, I know Brandon Sanderson has written a couple of like young adult superhero films or uh, novels. Are you familiar with those? I am not. Uh, what are they called? Uh, um, oh, my goodness. Uh, I'm just going to Google Brandon Sanderson superhero books and see what comes up. Um, they were called, oh, uh, Steel Heart, Calamity, and Firefight. No, but uh, I have wanted no. to read those. I think I own yeah. Steel Heart, but I haven't read so, them. Yeah, these books, um, they obviously talk about the superhero group, but it's it's a pretty interesting read if um, – you would want to read more books like what you just explained to me. Uh, however, the book you explained to me sounds a lot better, honestly. Okay. Like it sounds like it has more character depth and development. Um, and is it written for young adult or a little bit older than that? It's written for probably college students. It's written college, for older. Okay, than yeah, young yeah. So uh, most Brandon Sanderson stuff, I honestly just assume is um, written for like YA audience, even though it's not always marketed that way. So mm-hmm. I, you know, I, um, I'm interested in this forging Hephaestus. It sounds yeah. cool. I always like it whenever you can take an interesting perspective and do it well. Um, because a lot of, I, I think it is kind of the, um, it's in vogue to do either evil superheroes or exploring the moral qualms of superheroes or whatever you want to call it right now. But mm-hmm. I like the whole guild aspect of this, like the idea that, being a, a bad guy is an organized unionized like that's cool i really yeah. think yeah. i would enjoy that and i think uh and this is one of my favorite things about the all books that i've talked about a lot of time is lore that isn't just readily available to you like the feeling that there's so much more to the story that you don't know and they yeah. constantly talk about like the golden age before the guild was the guilds were formed or before the superhero alliance was even called that and the main character is um, uh, mentored by the ultimate evil bad guy from the years past that is now reformed and retired and like living in the suburbs. And so there's all this like ingrained lore that you never really get that much of a peek of. You just feel seeping through a lot. And there's mm-hmm. so many, um, uh, uh, so many like supervillains and heroes that never sit down like any lesser book would have done they set where they sat down and they explained to you how their powers work and how they got their powers and they give you the whole backstory every time you introduce a new person they never once do that like okay. there are a couple Rock people on. whose powers you never even figure out what they are until a fight scene kind of at the end and even then it doesn't super explain it they just do it and you're like wait what <laughs> and Man, the spider-man movies could learn from this yes <laughs> or you know just explain his origin story 15 times that's fine too whatever that's exactly what the audience wants go ahead <laughs> Even your main character, okay. you just get you, you don't get you don't see the scene where she gets her powers. She tells somebody it one time, but like it's a discussion in the car going to get coffee. It's not like the focus of anything, which is just amazing. Okay. Cool. Well, this yeah. I uh I'm not allowed to say if I'll read this yet or not. No, you're cheating, man. <laughs> I'm not. I didn't say anything. I literally did not say anything. Okay. Well, tell me about your H book. Yeah. So I have actually mentioned this book before, back when we did our episode on books we were planning to read or thinking about reading. 
Oh, okay. I actually nice. got around to it. So this book is called Heroes Die by Matthew yeah. Woodring Stover. Um, and I think I mentioned it last time that this guy, uh, he's probably better known, maybe, but he um, he wrote a bunch of Star Wars books. So if right. you're a person who likes reading the Star Wars books, you probably ran across his work without knowing it. Um, these books, though, The Heroes Die is, um, I believe it's kind of like a loose series, sort of. Uh, but I don't think it's a trilogy or anything like that. There's four books in the series, but I think they're just kind of like um, loosely connected stories. I'm not really sure. Yeah. I've only read the first one. But basically, I think you would like this um, because it is a fantasy book and a science fiction book. It's nice. both. And it combines them really well. So the setting on Earth is futuristic. Society has kind of been overthrown um, to the point where it is controlled by a tyrannical form of government. Um, so, you know, it's probably like five years in the future off our modern timeline. And uh, it has a government at the top that kind of stamps out all of the philosophers who talk about freedom and overthrowing government and all of that. But it has developed a way to send people to another world. And okay. you have people on Earth who can basically, um, oh, I don't even know what the word for it is. I know there's like a sci-fi term for it, but basically they can ride inside this person's mind while they're on the other world. So you have this entire industry, and it's structured like the film industry. So you have your actor who is on the other world fighting, going on adventures, and doing all these things. And then you have a bunch of super rich people back on Earth who are – writing inside that person's brain as they do all of this so they get to experience the thrill and the danger and all of that without ever fearing death interesting it's very cool and so the whole structure of this book in particular is that there's this guy he's the most famous of these actors and his ex or not ex-wife but his wife has gone missing on the other world so they're saying you need to go save her and he he does, but they are or he does go to save her, excuse me, but they're kind of estranged. And she, interestingly enough, does not know that she is in trouble. She doesn't know there's any danger coming for her. And she's just pissed off that he has shown up on the world to save her. So she spends half of the novel avoiding being saved, huh. which is it kind of takes the damsel in distress and turns it on its head. And it's a really interesting way to do it because you have this danger that you as the reader know about and the main character knows about and both of you are rooting for you know the the um, climax of the novel where you know go save her help her get this idiotic woman to go with you and help her out and she just keeps intentionally evading being saved and it's very interesting to read that is odd yeah it's cool though um, and the, the world itself, the other world, is very well fleshed out. It's got um, a lot of things that would be considered, you know, fantasy tropes. It has elves and ogres and things like that. But humanity is a small portion of the society that is trying to become the leaders of the society. And so they have these societies that kind of function as churches that are basically for the exaltation of humanity. And they're constantly trying to find ways to 
overthrow the other races. Um, <laughs> so it's it's got a lot of interesting dynamics that go into the world building on both sides because you've got that in the fantasy world and then in the human world, the real world, you have this society that is structured with leisure folk at the top. And the author even um, names some of them. He calls them like the Waltons, the Disneys, the like names that we would recognize right. are the leisure folk because they're ultra billionaires. Below that, you have the um, administrators who are just in charge of everything. Below that, you have the professionals. Below that, you have the laborers. And then below that is something else that I don't remember. So it's, I don't know, worth the read, though. I think he does a very good job of blending sci-fi and fantasy together in a way that feels natural for both genres, if that makes sense. No, it does. Um, and that's really interesting because as one of the books I've been trying to write for the longest time is a fantasy sci-fi hybrid like that that's for those in another world. Um, and I love stories that Narnia-esque stories where you go to a fantasy world and have to deal with things. So are they are they actually going to a world or they're doing like the Bruce Willis movie surrogates and just inhabiting a body of somewhere in that world? So they're actually going to the other world. Um, they don't really go into, at least in this book, they don't really go into the technology behind that, which I kind of like as a fan of fantasy. Sometimes I like the mystery to be there. Um, but there are, you know, apparently connections that can be made between the worlds and the chief villain in the fantasy land. He actually, uh, is like a practitioner of magic and he's able to, like, he kills some people from the human world and he reads their minds and finds out like all of the things about the human world. And so he kind of goes on a vendetta to kill all of these actors as they're coming into the world. Um, so there's some interesting wow. interplay between them. Yeah. I like that. That That's interesting. That there's just like an open like path that everyone knows about. It's not like a secret thing, like in Narnia or um, the other lands. That's like this. sort of sort of um, it's actually very few people know about it. Oh, okay. Um the humans know about it, but the people in the fantasy world, there's only like one guy who really has any idea, but he is slowly convincing the rest of the world that this exists. Okay. And then, and trying to get his wife to let him save her. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's nuts. (laughs) I would also say that the villain in this one is very compelling. Okay. Like he, he has a um, motivation that makes you root for him. Yeah. I didn't really get into the, um, the villains in mine, uh, but this made me think of that. Uh, the villains in uh, Hephaestus, Forging Hephaestus uh, are, you don't ever want to root for them, but they're the villains that honestly and have decent, if very misguided, reasons for thinking they're the good guys. Um, and that's always good. If your villain doesn't think he's evil, it's always a good thing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think that when an author can do that, um, and like it's it's really hard to make someone a villain that your audience is going to both understand their reasoning and still root against them. That's right. really tricky to do. Right. Because, and because you don't want to make them too likable, otherwise they're just the hero. Yes. And if but you said yours um the villain is is compelling and you kinda want to root for him at times. If you can do that with a villain and then still have him be the bad guy, like unapologetically, that's a sign of a really good book. Oh, absolutely. Um, and it was just, it was very well done. I was impressed by what the author did with it. Truly. Sounds impressive. It's very intriguing already. Yay. That's all I ever wanted. <laughs> to be intriguing to you. 
And it's called um, Hero Rise, Heroes Rise. Heroes die. So the Heroes exact die. Op- the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Good job. Okay. Well, yeah. See, I'm obviously paying attention. Clearly. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> I don't even blame you. I mean, Heroes Die is a is a really good title, though. Oh, it's fine. I I understand being distracted halfway through the uh, episode. One of my friends texted me and said they're going to join an MLM, so that was that was distracting. Okay. This morning, yeah. I was on the phone with my mom, who um, wear a mask, people wear a damn mask. It's not that hard. She has several symptoms of and hasn't got her test results back, but might have COVID. But while I was on the phone with her, and she was you know emotional, and I'm you know trying to share her up, and I actually sent her lunch and stuff today. But I got a text from one of my friends that they're having a baby. And I was just like, this is – too many things are happening at once. Stop being distracting everybody. Let's calm down. <laughs> yeah. Rock on. Yeah, but also wear a mask and calm down. What's, what's a life <laughs> lived if you're not going to have just all of the stresses at once? Yeah. Right? It's absolutely craziness. Well, um, so do we do the book jackets first or do we do – are we going to read first? I never remember. We usually do. Are we going to read this first? And then our outro to the dust jackets. Okay. I feel like I'm definitely going to pick up heroes die. Um, especially because I haven't written in a long time and I love seeing people do things that I'm trying to do when I'm writing a book. Um, so I'll definitely pick this up and just watch how they blend fantasy and sci-fi because that's something I struggle with sometimes. Yeah, no, I think this would give you really good uh, nuggets of information or uh, inspiration. Excuse yeah, me. it's the, my, it my difficulty is changing the voice between the two, making one sound fantastic and one sound scientific. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this would this would be almost a good textbook for you. Yeah, exactly. So I read a lot of things. Cool. I read a mass textbooks. <laughs> Hey, that works. Well, I'm glad you're interested in reading mine. Um, I'm also actually interested in reading yours. I wrote the name down so I don't forget, um, and it's going to go on my Kindle as soon as I can get to it. Nice. I'm excited. I, it it might still cool. be like real cheap on Audible because it was having it was it was probably last month. It had like a sale on it or something. But yeah, okay. Because I think it was like self-published, but because Drew Hayes is like a web comic and he's written a couple books, um, so oh, I think okay. it was all self-published. Yeah. Nice. All right. I will read this book condom. Um, Wow. It's a long one. (laughs) I never look at them until I start to read them. So yeah, that's usually how it goes. Gifted with metahuman powers and a world full of capes and villains, Tori Rivas kept away from the limelight, preferring to work as a thief in the shadows. When she's captured, trying to rob a vault that belongs to a secret guild of villains, she's offered a hard choice, prove what she has to take to join them or be eliminated. Apprenticed to one of the world's most powerful and supposedly dead villains, she is thrust into a strange world where the lines that divide superheroes and criminals are more complex than they seem. The education of a villain is not an easy one, and Tori will have to learn quickly if she wants to survive. On top of the peril she faces from her own teacher, there are also capes and fellow apprentices to worry about, to say nothing of having to keep a civilian cover. Most dangerous of all, though, are those that load the guild's very existence. Old grudges mean some are willing to go to any length to see the guild turn to ash, along with each of its members, even the lowly apprentices. Just why was that? Why did that go on forever? <laughs> it just kept going. It did. I think they could have explained it a little quicker. I think you, you did need... a better job of explaining it than the book jacket well, that's, did. That's all I aim to do. I mean, you don't that's need goal, to right? cover every one of your subplots in a book jacket. Like you can just cover the main ones. Just let the reader read. 
Yeah, they can I'm do surprised it. They're, they they're left big out. kids. I'm surprised they left out the part where they were searching for an apartment or her coffee house friend. Like, <laughs> it's everything in that. Oh, uh, that's awesome. All right. Well, we'll we'll jump away from yours and I'll read mine real quick. So, uh, Heroes Die by Matthew Woodring, Matthew Woodring Stover. Excuse me. Renowned throughout the land of Ankana as the Blade of Taishao, Kane has killed his share of monarchs and commoners, villains and heroes. He's relentless, unstoppable, simply the best there is at what he does. At home on Earth, Kane is Harry Michelson, a superstar whose adventures in Ankana command an audience of billions. Yet he is shackled by a rigid caste society, bound to ignore the grim fact that he kills men on a far-off world for the entertainment of his own planet, and bound to keep his rage in check. But now Michelson has crossed the line. His estranged wife, Palace Rill, has mysteriously disappeared in the slums of Ankana. To save her, he must confront the greatest challenge of his life, a lethal game of cat and mouse with the most treacherous rulers of two separate worlds. Hmm. Bum, bum, was, bum. That was a, I think that was a pretty well done um, book jacket, actually. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, I mean, the this is one of the few books where the book jacket is what got me to read the book. Yeah, that's true. You did put it on the judging books by their cover episode. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Forgot that was what we called it. But yeah, because um, <laughs> normally I kind of like base it off of the title. And if I know the author or have heard of them or right, right, right. something, um, it's yeah, the book jacket definitely got me into this book. Well, yeah, and that I mean, I understand why it had the whole like set up a thing and then like reversal of expectations within the book jacket itself, which that's that's always good. Like that's clever. Well, I like it. I liked it especially because this book is kind of unique in the genre, um, and it makes sure that you know that. Like that's its entire hook, and it doesn't let you go away without knowing that. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Well, hey, um, have you read any more of? And spoilers, just in case. Um, have you read any more of the Broken Earth st- trilogy? No, I am the next in line for the waiting oh. list at my library. So the next time we do an episode, I'll be able to tell you about the second book. Okay. Cause I blazed, I blazed through these ones pretty quick. Yeah. They're easy not reads. difficult reads, but they're yeah, really good. Yeah. 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 They keep the pace going. Okay. We'll touch in later, but um, if we're not going to talk about that, we need to talk about all these reunion specials that happened last month and the vast like gulf of quality between the three of them. Okay, so the only one I saw was Happy Endings, and I'm going to say it right here, right now. That show needs six seasons in a movie. Yes, it does. They bring back Happy so Endings. Good. Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. Happy Those Endings actors the top of the list. Still, so they just rolled straight into it. It was like, yeah, I know they, yeah. haven't, they haven't done any episodes in a long time, but they kept their characters really well, to be just fair. Perfect. Yeah, absolutely perfect. Uh, that was the, that was my top tier, and the mid tier one was Parks and Rec, which kind of started this whole "let's do a Corona reunion special to raise money for charity." Um, I'll have to watch that. It was really good. It felt like an episode of Parks and Rec, but it didn't. But it felt weird because Parks and Rec wrapped up pretty well. It did. Whereas, I cried. Um, yeah. Whereas Happy Endings, <laughs> it didn't wrap up, but it didn't need to because it wasn't that kind of show. And Happy Endings nah. just felt like a seamless transition. Um, whereas Parks and Rec felt a little weird because they had wrapped up. 
And then you have 30 yeah. Rock, which was I was so looking forward to and then so utterly disappointed in. Um, the actors were all did the best they could uh, with the material, but the entire thing was an hour-long infomercial for oh, Peacock, NBC's new streaming service. Oh, and it was very cleverly disguised. I mean, not cleverly disguised, but it was very, like, integrated and to Honestly, where, 30, yeah. 30 Rock was always kind of heavy-handed in breaking the fourth wall, which is mm-hmm. what made it kind of funny. Yeah, which um, made it, but it was always subversive when they did it. They weren't actually yeah, they were yeah, making yeah. fun of NBC. They weren't selling it. It yes. didn't work. It just yes. didn't work. Yes. I was very okay. disappointed in it. I'm, I'm still going to watch it. I mean, there I were funny lines. 30 Rock did one. I'm sure there, there were, were really funny lines and really there's, funny there's moments. There's some pretty good comedians in that show. Yeah, and everything they Tracy were, George did. They were did very the underutilized. <laughs> yeah, but the episode Thirty itself Rock was, was a weird. Thirty Rock was a weird show because it had some top tier comics in there, but they just were they were utilized very poorly, unfortunately. Yeah, it was, I love that show, but so much of it was the writing and not the acting. <laughs> like, yeah, for yeah. sure. Well, Parks and Rec was good. Uh, Happy Endings, though, I think the reason why I liked it and miss it is because it was a really good – it was a sitcom. You didn't really have to yeah. know what was going on. You could just drop in halfway through an episode, get a couple laughs out of it, and then move on with your life. Um, and I don't know why that one didn't succeed. I don't really remember because we I were in college. I think they must have played around going. with the schedule or something because that show is beloved by everyone happened. who watched it. I know. It was really funny. I think it could have held its own as another uh, – like almost a – a big bang or a friends or a you know yeah, any of those big easily ones. it's easily better than big bang and it's at the quality if not better than friends i mean it's got a much more diverse cast than friends so it should be for sure, <laughs> for sure. yeah uh it was really well done if you haven't watched that special do yourself a favor and go watch it and if you haven't giving, watched the show go watch it yeah that too, too. while you're at it while we're giving side recommendations please check out um the princess and the podcast Anywhere you listen to podcasts um, by Hannah Sawyers, I am on two episodes, episode 49 and episode 8. So if you just can't get enough of me, go find it and check that out. It's all things Disney movies. Mm. Those are my side recommendations. I don't have anything else. <laughs> Work, works for me. Well, I have no side recommendations other than go watch Happy Endings. It's a quality show. Very quality show. Well, um. Mm. Uh, but yeah, you, Stephen, I'm giving you homework and I'm have it myself. Let's start researching some books or some series we've heard about, but you know I haven't read and I know you haven't read um, that we could dive into. And what, you, genre? Listener, what genre do you want? Uh, let's not give it a genre um, okay. limitation. We'll let's narrow it down. Say whatever. Point. Yeah. Right. Um, Fifty Shades of Grey. Some, yes, let's read the Fifty Shades of Grey and just rip it to shreds. That actually oh might be God. kind of fun. <laughs> Maybe I'll, I'll think about it. I'll consider it. It's not very timely anymore, but yeah, shoot. that's true. Uh, but if you have ideas, uh, email us at bookreportpod at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at book underscore pod, Facebook at bookreportpodcast, and Instagram at the bookreportpod with underscores in the middle of all of it. Um, yeah. All right. I'm going to go enjoy a nice panda steak. Thanks, <laughs> <It's like> Jim. <laughs> See ya.